Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. You, you, are, you are listening, listening. Listen. 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 to Will we ever know? Hello there, mystery fans. My name is Lisa Coney-Smith, and you're listening to another episode of Will We Ever Know? The show that chases mysteries right across the universe. We go where others don't in pursuit of the most mysterious cases we can find. Last month, I found myself walking into the Raigu Asteroid Diner. I was on my way to the Western Spiral Arm in pursuit of someone who claimed to be involved in the case of the missing heiress, Samantha Trapp. But what was supposed to be a quick rest stop on my journey became so much more than that. It's at this humble location that I first came across the concept of the Raigu Ranger. The Raigu Asteroid Diner is a small place suited to its humble location. But what I uncovered while I was there was truly mind-blowing. I mean, I see weird stuff all the time. It comes with the territory. But this, this was totally different from anything I've seen before. This is Jolt. He's a third-class repairman from Automnicon. He was eating at the Raigu Diner on the day in question. It was a pretty normal day, as far as days go on asteroids, which they kind of don't. Their artificial atmospheres always feel a bit looming, you know? Anyway, I was at the diner for my usual a double cheese and pineapple panini, and there was this weird feeling in the air, you know, kind of like before an electrical storm. And that's when I first saw the Raigu Ranger. But before we get to that, let's get a little background. Back when humans embarked on their first interstellar journeys, they encountered a major problem. Asteroids. This is Brandon Strickland, head asteroidologist in the Interstellar Travel Department of Automnicon University. With belts of hundreds, sometimes thousands, of huge asteroids hurtling around the solar system, like a giant orbital motorway, it was practically impossible to bring ships through with any degree of reliability. What we needed was to slow them to a near halt, giving us a massive ring of clustered asteroids traveling incredibly slowly, like a traditional orbital motorway. For a better idea of the history of the Raigu asteroid specifically, I went to the one person who knows it better than anyone, it's one long-term resident, Stan Broadwick, the owner of the Raigu Diner. Hi, Stan. Thank you so much for meeting with me. No problem. So, could we start with a little bit of background on how this whole place came to be? Sure. Well, when they started slowing the asteroid belt down, they used a few different methods. 
first out, they tried blasting him in the powder. Seemed like a good idea at the time, but, well, as my grandpappy will tell you, <laughs> not so good for the lungs. Then they tried gathering them together with gigantic nets to make them easier to avoid, uh, which worked in some ways, but turns out being hit by one big mass of rocks was uh, just as bad as being hit by multiple small rocks. And then they came up with the whole new idea, stopping them dead with a nuclear explosion. Stopping an asteroid is no easy feat. Brandon Strickland again. But using high-powered, experimental explosives, Atomnicon and Neutral Industries Incorporated were able to stop these deadly titans dead in their tracks, leaving them floating near motionless in space. But they also had some unexpected side effects. So all these asteroids were stopped, see? And they've all got these huge craters on their sides. But what they found after the explosions were that the craters had their own gravity. Rather than being a hazard to passing travelers, they turned into kind of a refuge. The extremely targeted directional nuclear explosions used created a super dense core at the side of the asteroids, not evaporating the material, but compacting it down to the size of a baseball. We often refer to these phenomena as Mjolnirs, objects so small yet dense that they create their own gravitational fields. My grandpappy was assistant to one of their engineers, and when they added oxygen and trees to the sites, he decided to settle down. He built the diner, and then, <laughs> well, people came and visited. And the Raigu Ranger? I've not heard that name in a while. What do you mean? At this point, Stan became visibly shaken and tried to change the subject. After a while, and a large order of fries, I managed to convince him to tell me more about the ranger. Well, he was a local legend when I was a kid. Some said he was a passing repairman who got too close to the explosion. Some say he was a piece of equipment that came to life. And some say he was the spirit of Raigu itself. And now, dear listeners, it's time to get right to the point. What was it that happened to turn that tedious day in an ordinary repairman's life into one for the mystery books? This is Lisa Coney Smith. Don't forget that the Will We Ever Know compilation, The Mystery Books, is still available. And if you use the code WILLWEEVER at checkout, you can get 5% off your order. You can also join the conversation with hashtag mystery books. It's like history books, but with mystery in it. And now, on with the show. At first, the view out the window was normal. The sky was dark, with asteroid dust storms buffeting the edges of the crater. The guy from the diner insisted that was normal, and it wouldn't affect the oxygen in the crater. When the dust storms get bad, uh, sometimes the oxygen, you know, it goes out. But I got a generator. It's not a big issue. Hey, but that's a secret between us. Don't broadcast that. There was this posh warp ship fueling up. A little private vehicle with someone in it far too posh to mix with the regular people in the diner. 
And that's when I saw it, the figure. I hadn't been sure about it before, but this time I was positive. There was this figure above the crater, floating out in the storm. At first there was just a shadow, but then, well, they seemed to be gliding as if gravity didn't apply to them, or didn't work in the same way. Anyway, and then as it came closer and closer, with a wave of their arms, spanned the posh ship in circles. The occupants spilled out into the dust and the figure drifted up to them. And suddenly, gravity kicked in again. He landed with a loud thump. One hand, one foot, one knee. That really cool way people do in films. They held up this kind of blaster. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen a blaster like this before. The guy from the ship handed over all these bags of credits, clambered back in the ship and sped out there. Then, the figure saw this old beggar sitting outside the diner. Within moments he was over there, and the beggar was like, I mean, begging for his life. But all the Raigu Ranger did was pass them a bag of credits, and just slowly float away from the ground. And this old guy wandered in right into my diner, and spent about a grand on food. I mean, it was a great day for me. I mean, the way I see it, the Riker Ranger isn't necessarily a villain. I mean, yeah, they do rob people and vigilante justice is immoral. One man's vigilante is another man's villain, but it was still pretty cool. And what they do to their gravity, gravity stopped. Then they drifted up and up. At the edge of the crater, they hit the storm and were washed away into the darkness of space. As well as the legends Stan shared with us, there are other theories. Some say they could be some kind of unrecorded alien. Some think they could be a robot unit with a skewed sense of justice. And some have even suggested the ranger could be an orphan from a mining planet who stole some experimental asteroid mining tech, using it to steal from the rich and give to the poor. But something about this story still didn't add up. Someone knew more than they were letting on, so I kept digging. When I tried to get a hold of Jolt again, I was unable to reach him. Was he in cryo or avoiding me? Something here wasn't adding up. What I'm about to play you are answer phone messages I was able to recover that I think shed a totally different light on the whole subject. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hi, Kilmer. Oh, yeah, sounds fine. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. <sighs> Come on. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hey. <sighs> Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Call me back, it's Kilner. Hi, this is Kilner, leave a message. Hi, it's Joel, can you call me back when you have a minute? Hi, uh, this is Joel, leave a message after the beep. Joel, I've lost a book and I'm wondering if you've got it. Oh, no, it's over here, sorry. Hi, this is Kilner, leave a message. Hey, it's Joel, can you call me back, like, when you have a minute? Hi, this is Kilner, leave a message. Hi, Colonel, call me back. Hi, this is Kilner, leave a message. Hey Kilner, uh, what was the name of that thing that we were using the other day? The hammer thing. Coming back. 
message after the beep. Hey, I was just... Uh, actually, never mind. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hi. Hello? Hello? Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Ugh, doesn't matter. Fine. Okay. Kilmer, leave a message. No, it's just answer phone. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Hey, Joel. Uh, call me back. Thanks. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hey, uh, just, um, calling in, really. Uh, I, no, never mind. Don't ignore this. I'll just send you a message. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Joel, have you got my number three spanner? Call me back. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hey, Kilmer, do you have my number four spanner? Like, I was trying to use it on the last mission. I think you maybe borrowed it. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hey, Kilmer, no, I don't have your number three. I think you have my number four. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Oh, come on. Question is, who is Kilner? Are they a partner? An accomplice? Was the Raigu Ranger... A hoax or real life? Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. <sighs> Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Ah. Uh. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Ah. Uh. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. Oh, Joel, you said you'd be out of cryo by now. Come on, I need to get through to you. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Can you call me back when you get this? And this is where it gets interesting. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Hi, Kilmer. I'm shopping at the moment and I'm trying to look for those little um, spidey things we had last month. They were in this white packet with a big warning sticker on the back. And... Yes? Um, one minute, I'm on the phone. Um, like, you know, one of them made the whole meal. Yes, I know! We asked a range of voice analysis experts, and potentially, we think that this voice could be that of missing heiress Samantha Trapp. On further analysis, we think that she likely eloped with her fiancé and partner in crime, serial killer Fabio. What is this mysterious white packet they're referring to? Could it be some form of code? And are they involved with the ranger? Next, there was this mysterious call. Hi, uh, this is Joel. Leave a message after the beep. And then the final piece of this puzzle. Hi, this is Kilmer. Leave a message. Okay, it's Haraldson. He set the kitchen on fire again. All the cheese is gone and he's taken my tools. He keeps on talking about, like, Operation Apology Protocol. I, I think he's trying to make up for the scorpion situation. Call me back as soon as you get this. So we have all the pieces, but what do they add up to? Who is this Haraldson? A man who sets fires, steals tools, and has created some form of scorpion situation? A burglar? A hardened criminal? Or maybe, just maybe, the Raigu Ranger. Morris Royson, 
Our tech correspondent thinks otherwise. Now, what you probably missed is his use of the phrase protocol, otherwise known by those in the techno, as it were, as a thing that AIs do. So I think the conclusions that we could draw are all pretty obvious. They are? I think it's pretty obvious that what we have here is a rogue AI, and probably one of the more fearsome we've encountered so far on the show. Are you sure? Because that chupacabre eye we encountered... Lisa, the chupacabre eye has nothing on Haroldson. I think what's happened here is clear. This repairman was having a panini sandwich, or a panino, as it was presumably only one sandwich. Panini is plural. You don't say, I was eating a sandwiches. Anyway, I believe the repairman was eating his sandwich, or sandwiches, and as he was distracted, this Haroldson, this rogue AI, used his tools to build himself a body and then burned the evidence. For some reason, uh, presumably fear, or potentially a fromage-based extortion, the repairman is covering for him. Thank you, Morris, for that enlightening statement. Is there anything that you think the public should be on the lookout for? This Haroldson character is likely strong, extremely confident, and possesses cat-like reflexes. We've seen rogue AIs murder or occupy human beings in the past, so approach Haroldson with extreme caution. No one knows what they might do next. Thank you, Morris. So as our investigation continues, it appears that this vigilante that so many are calling the Raigu Ranger may merely be a standard killer AI. But do we know for sure? And will we ever know? Thank you for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. And most importantly, tune in next time. Thank you and good night. special episode of We Fix Space Junk, Lisa Coney-Smith was played by Nazala Sapkaya, Morris Royston and Stan Brodwick were played by Nico Gerentes, Brandon Strickland was played by Evan Gulock, Jolt was played by Hedley Knights, Samantha Trapp was played by Rebecca Evans, and Kilner was played by Beth Crane. The voices in the ident were provided by our patrons. This episode was written by Hedley Knights and Beth Crane, and produced by Hedley Knights for Battlebird Productions. To support We Fix Space Junk on Patreon, Coffee or PayPal, Visit battlebird.productions or see the show notes. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Modes of thought in Interran literature. Second year classics. Seven years ago, a Chinese military sub accidentally went down in the Pacific Ocean. Turns out, the sub fell smack in front of a gigantic three-sided pyramid in the ruins of what we now call Dark City. This Interran lit class. Seems like there's a lot of debate about it. Legally, I cannot stop you from teaching this class, but I strongly advise that you... What? You know what? If you want to tank your reputation, that's on you. You don't believe a word I say about Antara, right? You're right. I do not believe Antara exists. 
I need to know, is it real? You came all the way to China to find out? Okay, everyone get out right now. Now, Raquel, what the hell are you doing? I'm gonna cut my hand and you're all gonna feel it. Ow! See, I told you. Modes of thought in Interran literature, an audio drama produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.